The summer slide isn't just about pools. It means your kid has a learning loss over the summer. Hi, I'm Dr. Roseanne, and I'm a mental health trailblazer. And join me as we have real conversations about real solutions to kids' problems. And today, we're talking about the summer slide, or as professionals like to call it, summer learning loss. And we're going to talk about ways to prevent it, ways to not get into the tangles with your kids over doing work. So let's dive in so we can make summer pleasant both for you and your kid. Hi, this is It's Going to Be Okay with Dr. Roseanne, and I'm Dr. Roseanne. For those of you who don't know me, I'm on a mission to change the way we view and treat children's mental health, and I'm giving parents real actionable things to do that are science-backed and that you can actually do. So I hope you're enjoying this conversation. Summer is almost here, and we want to talk about the summer structure. For kids with ADHD, learning disabilities, or kids with any type of neurodivergence or mental health or behavioral issues, because this is real. Like sometimes summer is a dread because your kid is in school and they do well in school because of that structure. So let's jump in and talk about ways to help. So I think the first thing we have to do when we think about summer is you got to actually embrace routine. Our kids thrive in school because they have a routine. And when we take that away, they can be a little curmudgeon, as I like to call it. They might be more resistant to things that maybe at school they have no problem doing and you scratch your head. And I promise you, just like when we were homeschooling in the pandemic, God, that's going to be like PTSD for all of us, is that your children respond to their brain response to structure and routine. And when we don't have structure and routine, our kids are going to be more resistant when we ask them to do things again that maybe they were doing in school with no problem at all. And also just know, right, I always say, watch the, you know, listen to the episode on my child's not doing this on purpose, because I want you to remember that every time you're irritated with them. You know, our kids that are different, like yours and mine, they struggle with learning. And that routine and structure helps their brain to automatically understand what's next. And it's almost a surprise to them when you shift and do things differently, especially our really dysregulated reactive kids. So the structure is important. I'm pretty serious about structure. I'm like, this is what we are doing for the week. I print out a calendar like that you can just fill in and they get it. They understand. I like to do like, here's your daily checklist. I like to give options so they have control. Control is really healthy for mental health. You just want to give them the right control because they're going to try to get it anyway. And no, it does not mean you're giving into your kids. You want your kids to be good decision makers and they need to practice safely with you. Can I say that again? You want your kids to be good decision makers. And so when you give them a bit of control, it really is empowering. They feel safe. They feel confident. And it reduces negative behaviors. They're going to try to get it any way they can. Their brain is going to try to get it any way they can. So structure and routine, embrace it, put it in there. It's really an amazing thing. You're going to have to focus on learning. So many of our kids with neurodivergence, these issues, They need the extra time in the summer. Even my easy 
Giancarlo, you know, this is where we make up a lot of ground. And I'm going to tell you, he was one of the most severe dyslexics I ever worked with. And now he's the head. Okay. I know he's Dr. Rose kid. And yeah, we've done a lot of interventions. And yeah, he's never gone to a public school. And he's only had uh, Orton, Wilson, and Linda Mood Bell. He's, that's all he's ever had. And then until, you know, he still gets it to a point. So I get it. He's had the perfect situation. We have to do learning in the summer to continue to get him ahead. Well, if you haven't heard, we're trying to skip pre-algebra. I'm not going to be involved because I've stopped. My math is is no longer going to assist him, Mr. Hodgewell. But we got to make learning fun. So I'm a huge fan of project-based learning and really finding what your kids love. When we were homeschooling Max when he was younger and he's homeschooled as a high schooler, everything was through science and history and art. And you can do a lot through their areas of high interest. You can do that in the summer. There are podcasts. There are free books at the library. There is so much available online. There's so much you can do. Don't make your kids sit in front of a computer. Get out to... I was talking to a mom the other day and I was like, why don't you sign her up for the library program for reading? Because her kid, after neurofeedback, all of a sudden now wants to learn and she's, you know, dyslexic and ADHD. So I said, sign up for the library program. She was like, oh my God, that's such a good idea. They have motivators. Like there's lots of fun things. They have activities. So make it fun and put it on your schedule. If you don't put it on your schedule, it's not going to happen. So we already talked about Discover Summer programs. There are lots of things locally. Get a museum pass. It's one of my all-time favorite things. And get out and do learning things. I mean, my teenager will even go with me like, hey, let's go to you know this museum or let's go on a nature hike. And you infuse it in. You know, we would always pull our kids out of school and take them on these vacations, um, you know, hiking in the Midwest. We did the whole Sedona thing. It was amazing going to the vortexes and hiking out there. And I would make my kids come back. They knew. And we would do um, what's called a lap book where we would all the things we had gathered, we would put it in there. And it was amazing. So there's so much around you. Get onto your Facebook events. Go to your local library. Look in Facebook groups. Look at the programs that can make learning fun. And that's also a way to enhance social skills. If you can get into some free programs or even some paid programs, right? Summer camps. I just missed the deadline. I'm one on a wait list of an awesome tech camp, a marine tech camp. Find out, get your kid doing what they love with kids that they love the same things. It's such a great way to enhance social skills. Don't ever neglect social. I can't say this enough. So we want our kids to be academically successful, but it's social that's going to get them the lovely spouse or partner and, you know, their boss to like them and all those things. And social becomes one of the main things that I find kids um, actually leave college. So a lot of people really invest in the academics, but there's also social slide that happens. So get out, look for activities, no matter where you are financially, there's lots of things you can do and be there to support your kid if they're not skilled socially. Really make sure you are setting things up in advance for them saying, hey, we're going to this kickball game or we're going to hear what do you think's going to happen? Talk them through it. Help them with it. Do you have a child that dysregulates at the drop of a hat? 
Maybe they're cranky and moody and rigid and flexible. Well, I've got the key to unlock the secrets of successful self-regulation for your child. And in our free resource guide, 147 therapist-endorsed self-regulation strategies for children. It's a practical guide for parents, and it's a game changer. You can access your copy now and discover practical strategies endorsed by therapists like me. Don't miss out and download here at drrosanne.com forward slash regulate. That's drrosanne.com forward slash regulate. Tech use. We need mindful tech use. It is not the devil. It's a terrible thing when that's all they're doing and you're going to have a really hard time getting your kids off of it. Go back and listen to the episode about this. Plus, I have lots of blogs on tech use, but ultimately it's the quality of tech use. If your kids on technology, then make it where they're with their friends. Don't let it be passive scrolling, set limits. Make those limits part of that structure and routine that's in your contract. I have found that when you don't have things explicitly laid out with your kids, man, it's a WWE match between you and your kid. And that is not cool. So you need to be mindful. You need to have tech-free periods and clear expectations because that is when you really argue. I know it's not always easy and the average amount of time that a teenager in America, but since 2019 is seven and a quarter hours a day. Summer is a time to get some life skills. If your kids don't know how to use the stove, my nephew came to my house. I think he was 20 years old. He didn't know how to use the stove. Sorry, Mina, throwing you under the bus. She thought she was, (laughs) she thought he was going to burn down the house. And I remember John Carlo was like six and he was like, I don't think Michael should use the stove. I'm a little scared that our house is going to burn down. And I was like, he's going to need adult supervision for a while, but he can do it. So life skills are important. Like get your kids cooking. I can't say enough about cooking. It's so important. Show them how to do laundry. Make them cut the lawn. I don't care what kind of money you have or don't. These are life skills. You need to know how to do things independently. We can't bubble wrap our kids. That is important. And summer's a great time to do it. Physical activity. So as part of your structure, there's got to be an option of physical activity every day, especially if your kids are just sucked to that device. And the learning time, the physical activity time, taking care of things around the house, those are things that have to be checked off before they earn their media time. Remember that, people. So don't pay them before they've earned it. When you really stick to the routine and structure, it really pays off in the long run. So summer is going to be awesome for you. It is. And I really hope that this got you thinking. I have to say that at the top of this pyramid that really, or I should say the base of this pyramid is the structure. So put those things, have creativity with your child and in that, let them be part of this. You know, okay, so you like doing X, Y, and Z. Let's put this list together and really make sure that learning is on there. The amount of learning varies, but it absolutely should be at least 20 to 30 minutes a day. I think beyond two hours, unless you have a tutor, is brutal, unless you are sitting down with your kid. But 30 minutes to an hour a day is really going to prevent learning loss. Reading and literacy have to be a priority, and you can do books on tape while they're looking at the book. 
You can do podcasts. There's so many ways. Oh my gosh, there's such great things now. I listen to audiobooks constantly. And physical activity and focusing on, of course, you know, mindful technology use and having fun too. So get out, access community things. And I hope you have an awesome summer and your kid comes back prepared for school without learning loss. Parenting is so hard and there's many ups and downs. And we think of summer, we think of the warm breeze and the beach and summer vacation. But sometimes when you've got a kid who's neurodivergent or has mental health issues or behavioral issues, you might be dreading it. So I hope this conversation was helpful to keep them on track for learning, especially with our kids that have gaps. And you feel empowered to make change and have a fun summer too. You need the right solution to help your child be successful at home, school, and life. And that's why I've created the Solution Matcher. Go to drrosanne.com forward slash help, D-R-R-O-S-E-A-N-N forward slash help to get the right solution for where you're at.